Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We stand on the precipice of week 16, the semifinals of the fantasy football playoffs. Win this week and greatness is within our grasp. How about we help get you over the hump? That and more this week on the IDP Blitz. Hands up, get ready, it's the IDP show. With the football guys in Sydney Bloom, you know how that goes. This ain't your typical, we deliver the hard facts. This is the dopest fantasy football podcast. It's when to go home, everything's at risk. Welcome to something new, it's the IDP Blitz. When to go home, everything's at risk. Welcome to something new, it's the IDP Blitz. Josh here with Adam and Bobby from the IDP show joined this afternoon one last time by the legend Sigmund Bloom of Football Guys doing a week 16 preview for your fantasy football semifinals. Stick around to the end of the episode as we'll share some of our favorite starts at DL, DB, LB and pay homage to the audible with our own what the heck flex picks. Gentlemen. We've got a lot of players to go over in this episode, so let's jump right into it. Sig, Merry Christmas, my friend. As as our guest, we will tee you up first here. Who is your DL start for Week 16? Yes, also Happy Hanukkah. Kwanzaa's coming. And uh, and most importantly, January 6th, Epiphany Carnival's going to start. Get your king cakes. Come on down, everybody. Uh, So... Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Williams, mental Freudian slip there. Uh, we saw this, was it Shelby Harris a few years back, guys? Like a, a, a sort of defensive tackle, defensive end slash player for Denver, make himself a lot of money, really start to come on. I think in the last three weeks, Williams has a two sack game and a two and a half sack game. Uh, we saw Baker Mayfield get sacked five times last night by the Packers. We're hearing a lot about Nathaniel Hackett, right? Uh, Nathaniel Hackett. By the way, the problem is he's too nice. He wants to be everyone's friend. That doesn't work when you're an NFL head coach. Uh, But their defensive coordinator, Ejiro Evero, remember that name. And when you hear that a team is interviewing him to be their head coach, that's a smart team. The Denver defense has been playoff quality this year, if you haven't noticed. What would their record be, guys, if they had scored 18 points a game? If they scored 18 points in every game, I think they might have lost two games this year or something like that. So that defense has been playing at that level throughout and they're going to get to face on christmas they're going to get to face baker mayfield it's the nickelodeon game so maybe baker oh that's amazing yeah so that's another thing start to sean williams so you have an excuse to see what they got in the nickelodeon bag of tricks this year yeah we want to start to sean williams just so we have an opportunity to see him get slimed addy yeah one of your favorite games especially i think the young kiddos always enjoy the nickelodeon game i wish they did more of it i I know man got one like every week That'd be fun. That would definitely get the kiddos into it, Bobo, if there was slime and SpongeBob was involved. And wasn't the player of the year, uh, player of the year, player of the game, uh, Mitch Trubisky yes, last year? Yes, it was. Which was adequate. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> like his best award. Yeah, yeah truly. It was right? his career. <laughs> the career be on highlight. On the Wikipedia page. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. That is a sick one to have. That truly. is that is a nice one to add to the trophy Tom case. Can't say he's got that one. Yeah. I gotta be honest, one. boys. When Sig sent us this pick here, we Bobby and I were doing a little looking up before the episode started started of who is this Deshaun Williams character but Eddie it just kind of proves the point of like this time of year we talked a little bit about it last episode it's the war of attrition right it is who is available who's left and you always talk about who's playing well right now not who played well at the end a start of the season who's highest in the total points scored we like to look at and I, we're going to pull a lot of stats here in this episode since week 10 sig mentioned that what was it four and a half sacks mm-hmm. for Deshaun Williams and he gets Baker Mayfield and the Los Angeles Rams what a christmas gift that is yeah sign me up we saw last night yeah expect more of the same Yeah, so let's move on here. I will tee us up for the next one here. My pick, a little bit of bias, I'll admit. As a Colts fan, I got the ugly sweater on for an ugly Colts season today. But 
a player who has not been ugly for IDP. Quiddy Pay is my pick. Going up against the Los Angeles Chargers, Quiddy Pay has quietly been very good in his last three healthy games. 71% of snaps, three sacks, 22 tackles. This would be week 9, 13, and 15. He's been a little banged up. Those were the last three full games that he played. 20.6 points per game by big three scoring over that span. 10% pressure rate. The average for edge defenders is about 9.2. I mentioned he plays the Chargers, who give up the seventh most points per game to opposing defensive ends. Their pass blocking grade from PFF ranks 23rd, so this is a below average pass blocking line. They have a 24% pressure rate and a 10% sack conversion rate. So the big play upside, absolutely there with Pay. But I also really like his tackle floor, Addy. Seven per game over his last three healthy games. Yeah, Quiddy Pay has been fantastic this year. Um, Dynasty-wise, what do we think? Is is Quiddy Pay a top 20 option for you at edge? What about this, Josh? Quiddy Pay or Aziz Ojolari? Boy, that's a great question. Um, hey, I that would, class last year shaping mm-hmm. up pretty nice. I was going to say Quiddy, Jalen Phillips, the God. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say those are probably <laughs> the three hot names right now, right? Because with Odafe Owe kind of falling off, Joe Tryon, Shoyinka falling a little bit, yeah. uh, Quiddy Pay has definitely surged. I think. Boy, that's really tough. Um, I think probably Quiddy Pay by a nose because Kayvon Thibodeau, I think, is about oh to go gosh. next level. Yeah. So yeah. that's you're about to see a really and nice Vaughn Walker too. They're yes, use Vaughn Walker the right way, even though he got hurt. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this on Quiddy Pay and his dynasty prospects. A couple weeks ago, John Norton, the John Norton, uh, gave me a first round pick for him, and I have Nick Bosa wow. and Max Crosby. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll take. But if John Norton's saying I'll spend a first round pick for him, pay yep. attention. Yeah, it's always when, like, uh, in our league, we have John Macri, and anytime Macri comes calling for somebody, I'm mm-hmm. like, what does he know yeah. about this yeah. defensive player? It's his job. Yeah, that to I look yes. at stats all day. <laughs> the, yeah, the guy whose job it is to look at PFF numbers all day and think about IDP. First round pick for Quiddy Pay is pretty nice, Addy, and he, I think he will be a nice start for you in the semifinals as well. Let's tee up your choice for DL start of the week. Who you got? I'm going with Khalil Mack playing your coach this week, Josh. It should right. be a great uh, game script for him. No Jonathan Taylor. I expect the Chargers to get up big early, which will uh, force the Colts to pass if they want to hang around. So I think Mack will have plenty of pass rush opportunities to make big plays. The Colts O-line ranks 26 in pass blocking, according to PFF. They have allowed the third most sacks and the fifth most most pressures with 51. That feels I- low. I <laughs> thought we would be first in both of those categories, honestly. You, you, I'm sure you will be, and, and I mean, you're. That's give it time. Yeah, you're just too <laughs> off, bro. <laughs> give it time. Yeah, 162 pressures they've allowed. Uh, that's fifth most. So yeah, if you, if you roster Mac, you're very aware of his recent struggles through the first seven weeks. Mac racked up six sacks and averaged 15.7 points per game. However, week seven through 15, that dropped to 7.8 points per game, and he's only managed one sack. One positive though. Even though the sacks and the points per game are down, his pressure rate actually got better. 10.4% weeks 1 through 7 and 12.9% weeks 9 through 15. As we know, pressure and pressure rate uh, is a good indicator of future sack success. Um, So we like to see that. 73.7 PFF grade this year, 11.5 pressure rate on the season, 14.7 pass rush win rate. So this guy is not a bum. He's still bringing it. This is a great matchup. I, I know it's tough. I know he's been been struggling, but I feel like we could see like a multi-sack game from Clomac this week. Yeah, so that's a great question I'll tee you up on here. How do you yeah. balance this time of year a, a slumping player like Khalil Mack versus a primo opportunity like what he has against Matt Ryan in this offensive line? Yeah, I think that we want to look at what teams have to play for, right? And uh, what does Indy have to play for at this point? And Jeff Saturday, even preserving his job, that's probably not going to happen now. Like, let's give him, take the interim off of his label there. Uh, so, yeah. And the other thing you like to think about is uh, in your mind's eye, uh, this is goes back to Deshaun Williams and Baker Mayfield too. Just when you visualize the game, do you see a quarterback ducking down a lot? You see a quarterback unwittingly about to get sacked. And that's Matt Ryan, right? That's Matt Ryan in this game. The Chargers are pushing for a playoff berth. The Colts doesn't have, don't have much to play for. And I think absolutely you want a quarterback who's, you know, fresh meat, 
sitting duck. And that has been Matt Ryan. We just didn't get to see it that much uh, on Saturday because, well, they were ahead 33 nothing at halftime. But I don't think they're going to be ahead 33 nothing this game. Yeah, I don't think so either, Bobo. I expect to see a lot of Matt Ryan not running for his life because Matt Ryan cannot run anymore. Yeah, dunking for his life, cowering for his life maybe, (laughs) but not running for his life. And I think Matt Ryan was sacked four times last weekend. That wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I saw the great photo of of Braden Smith, I think it's his right tackle, being pushed basically into his lap. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the old Vikings players was giving Matt Ryan an oil change. Uh, That was was just summed up, summed up the Colts season right there. And the biggest comeback in NFL history, Matt Ryan has his right tackle in his lap. So I can absolutely picture Khalil Mack getting a lot of sacks against this Indy offense. Is that in Indy? I'm not sure, but uh, yes, it'll, it, it okay. Is. So okay. yeah, I don't, <laughs> that even sets up even better. Uh, even though I guess they would have been in indoors either way, if it's sure. in LA. So let's tee up your start, Bobo. And this is a player very curious about because has not been that good this season. In fact, we've had a lot of conversations on this show about how he's been very frustrating. Who is your DL start for week 16? Yeah. So personally, I have to admit that I benched Josh Allen this week, um, for, um, Cameron Jordan. And Cameron Jordan didn't have a sack, and Josh Allen did on my bench. Um, so that was that's kind of telling of my confidence in Josh Allen so far here lately. But I will say, Josh Allen playing at the New York Jets. This is a Thursday game, so pay attention to that. But we're now two games into what's maybe a slight, you know, rebirth for Josh Allen. We in do nothing if not motivate these slumping players. Yes, and I, do. I really crapped on Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker here in the last couple weeks. Um, I think I. Talked about Trayvon Walker in the same light as Clellan Farrell. Yes, you um, did. You threw him under the bus and then <laughs> backed that thing up. He was really playing poorly. But I do agree with Sig. I think they are using Trayvon Walker in a little bit better way here in the last couple games. But anyways, like I said, Josh Allen sacks in the last two games. Um, his Jags play this week, like I said, on Thursday in New York. Um, but they are surging towards their first playoff berth in a long time, probably since the Blake Bortle days. Um, the Jets actually gave up four sacks for 30 30 yards in week thir- uh, 15 to the Lions where Romeo Aquora played 24 snaps and had two sacks. Somebody that I think I will talk about here in a little while. But, you know, I don't really want to get into too much of the PFF and the stats and stuff of this one. A little bit kind of indicative of what Sig was mentioning earlier. Um, we're to the point in the season to where I don't want to overthink it. There's three things I'm thinking about. Player studs. I'm seeing a lot of questions on Twitter. Do I start Josh Uche or Devin White? You start Devin White in week 15 and in week 16 and in week 17. The number two, play matchups you like. If you have a matchup you like, if Matt Ryan is going to continue to be the Indianapolis Colts quarterback, play your defensive lineman against him. And start players on teams fighting for a chance to dance. So the Jaguars got a little bit of juju going on. That game was electric in Jacksonville this last weekend. They're trying to get to the playoffs. I'm going to start as many players as I can with teams um, that are playing with Something to play for, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And Josh Allen, I'm back on board. All right. Sig, that's uh there are certain factors, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the idea dance with the girl that you brought or that brought you in the case sure. of the playoffs. So don't leave her standing yeah. on the wall, as Bobo likes to say. And we can tell matchup data. We can look at, you know, pass blocking, how good is the offensive line. But this factor we've touched on a little bit. Teams playing for something. Jacksonville definitely checks that box. They are surging toward a playoff berth. I believe they control their own destiny. Win and end for the Jacksonville. Jaguars, how much do you weight that as you are making these start-sit decisions in the fantasy playoffs? I think you have to weight that because I think that especially when we're looking at sacks and big plays, you just want to get a wave where a team is pouring it on, right? I think Tampa Bay and Arizona is another good game to look at this week where you have uh, asymmetry and what the teams have to play for and just that there could be an avalanche uh, where it gets worse and worse, especially if Trace McSorley is starting, which he should be. So those are some of the things that you like to look at when you have those matchups between a team that's playing for nothing and a team that has a lot to play for. Uh, and I'm not saying it always bears out that way, uh, but I do think we can see that tilt where it comes to motivation. And also we see teams get motivated. Like Houston's going to be really interesting to watch against Tennessee because they have gotten up for these last two games against two very good opponents. But how much gas do they have left in the tank? Because we see teams sometimes have a, that little burst, like the, 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 you know, the death scene where you pop back up like, oh, I've got one last swing of the sword in me. And then, uh, 
Uh, so we're watching the trajectory of these teams emotionally to know who's already making their tee times for January. Well, mid-January. Sagan, yeah. this is something that I've been meaning yeah. to ask you for a while as well. Yeah. This is something that I've really focused on, especially this year. If a guy's questionable, mm-hmm. I am really hesitant to start sure. said player, offense or defense. Yeah, well, I think what we're seeing – now, remember, y'all, we had probable eliminated as a tag a while back. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Probable. Yeah. Um, which and what's the point of probable? What was the point of probable? I guess he's not 100% but he's expected to play. So now you have all these different in- injury designations. We have so much shadowy inf- injury information, right? Especially when we have those midweek downgrades. Uh, so we don't know. I've always liked to say that if we could transport ourselves into NFL players' bodies during the season and see the pain and mm-hmm. uh, other conditions they have to play with, we would be shocked. We would be utterly shocked. And you're right. Uh, so he, simple rules, simple high-level sorting rules. Uh, why would you want to play somebody who's hurt? Why would you want to play somebody who the team is telling you he's not 100% and nobody's 100% at this time of year? Mm-hmm. But absolutely, uh, oftentimes in hindsight, you can feel like you overthought things because you're trying to find reasons to play somebody when it's staring you in the face that the team is telling them. And th- now look, if it's a player who has still been performing with the same injury and they're nursing the same injury, I don't want to make a blanket rule here. But I think that this is a pretty simple high-level sorter that if a player is not 100% and you have an option who hasn't been on the injury report, that's why one of the most important things to watch, guys, is on Friday when they take the, the biggest difference you'll see is the difference between players who are questionable, but we know they're going to play, and players who are taken off of the injury report on Friday. That's your all clear. So those are things very important as we get up to Saturday this week, all the games on Saturday, the main slate. Watch those Friday injury report for players that are taken off of the injury report, even though they've had limited practices. Guys, sometimes we'll see someone go, no practice, no practice, limited, and not on the injury report. I think with Najee Harris a few weeks ago. That's the team telling you he's good to go. There you go. Addy, a lot of different rules that we try to keep in mind, but especially with not only Thursday games, but Saturday games, Sunday games, players getting more and more injured they're not getting like healthier they're just getting less and less perhaps uh, you know maybe recovering enough from these injuries as we go along so paying attention to that stuff incredibly important here as we're making those start sit decisions yeah they're running into other grown men as fast as they can (laughs) exactly six said if you could transport yourself into an nfl player i would just be dead my body would not be able to take that level (laughs) of pain no one here is making it through an nfl game i'm not making it through probably one nfl hit bobby maybe bobby would (laughs) Bobby Bobby probably has the uh, slippery avoid the contact. Yes, he absolutely would just duck and dodge, you know, (laughs) like, uh, yeah. So let's tee you up here, Sig, on your next start. Let's move to the DB category. And you are going with a very interesting name because, again, sort of like Josh Allen here, not had the hottest streak to end the season. So I'm curious to see what you have to say about your DB start of the week. Yeah, I'd like Rashawn Evans. I'm sorry, DB start of the week. Oh, oops. I just, spoiler alert. Spoiler. (laughs) Sorry. Because I'm I'm going through levels of the defense. My brain still organizes these things as levels of the defense. Talanoa Hafanga, who's, um, you know, he's, he's whatever war weapon you want to compare him to, right? A grenade, a heat-seeking missile, an IED. He's all those things. And one, because he's that player in the San Francisco defense that is the free radical who can make things happen. And he's that player who on one play, we saw him, remember his pick six earlier this year? I mean, he can change the game on one play. And you're seeing Washington now in a desperate situation now that they lost to the Giants. Uh, Going up against a San Francisco defense, uh, I think we can say if you've been watching San Francisco the last few weeks, they're playing about as high a level of defensive football as you can. So you've got that chaos. You can't establish the run. You can't have time to throw downfield. You basically can't do anything that you want. You know who doesn't care about that? Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke is going to just hang in there and try to do something. And, 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 you know, uh, Taylor Heineke doesn't mind throwing ill-fated football. Taylor Heineke is going to go down swinging. That, to me, is a recipe as a San Francisco team that's trying to get that number two seed. They're trying to push, and at least if the Eagles get knocked off, let's assume the Eagles are going to get the number one seed. So San Francisco still has a lot to play for. And remember, they're trying to meet up with Jimmy Garoppolo further up the way in the playoffs, too. So this team still has big-time Super Bowl aspirations. 
Washington's hanging on for dear life. I think we can see Taylor Heineke can be overmatched at times, even though he's been a really good story for the commanders. So Hafonga is one of those players that could not a game ending pick six like Rashawn Jenkins, but I think a pick six or a sack fumble on a blitz, those kinds of plays are definitely in play for him this week. Yeah, the 49ers very similar to the uh, Bronco led Peyton Manning uh, uh, yeah. Super Bowl team. Where that defense, defense you know, has just carried carry yeah. Peyton. And that's a good point, Addy. Hufanga is a big play waiting to happen. I think of him like a battle axe just being thrown from yeah. distance, right? Hey. Just kind of swooping yeah. in to take someone's head off. And that may be Taylor Heineke. He does throw some YOLO balls. He's thinking about getting those Jordans in the color Taylor of the Favre. opposing team. And uh, <laughs> I think that Hufanga could be the beneficiary, like Sig said, of a... An interception, a big play. We know he has that in him at least. Yeah, it's just a great matchup, you know. And he, he always carries that big play uh, upside with him. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think Washington is eighth in rushing attempts uh, this year. So, I mean, they're going to try and pound the rock. And then, like, like Sig mentioned, Heineke's going to take chances. And, and he will test that secondary. So, yeah, I like that call. All right. Well, let's uh, – I'll get us – keep us rolling here with my DB start of the week. We are going to the aforementioned Eagles game against the Cowboys, and I am going with a Cowboys safety, J. Ron Curse. This pick for me, we talked about it earlier, it's an example of pay attention to what IDPs have done recently. Donovan Wilson is the leading scorer from this Cowboys safety group, but – He's not been the leader in the clubhouse since week 10. That would be J. Ron Curse. 90% of snaps, 13.16 points per game since week 10. He's leading this group in snaps. Uh, over that span, Wilson is at 80%. Malik Hooker is at 71. And he's leading in points per game. Wilson is 8.82 and Hooker is 6.6. Again, J. Ron Curse at 13.16 points per game over that span. He's playing the Eagles, who allow the fifth most points per game to opposing safeties. So, Addy, in a plus matchup for safeties, I'm picking the safest option of the bunch, and that would be... J. Ron Curse. No LVE this week either, right? That's right. It sounds like uh, some sort. Of, it wasn't a Leighton Vanderneck injury, no, Bobo. Sorry. But uh, yeah, sounds like LVE might be out this week. So, so you know, also, if you want to do, if you're feeling frisky, maybe what the heck flex is Damone Clark. That could maybe work out for you. He had, I think, nine tackles last week, mm -hmm. which was his career high so far. But yeah, he'll get a bigger opportunity for sure going forward. Yeah. All right, Addy. I'm just going to keep the camera on you. Why don't you tee us up on your DB start of the week? Okay, I'm going to go with Kyler Gordon. He's playing Buffalo this year. We all know how much Eberflus valued the slot corner position when he was in Indy, and that has stayed the same in Chicago. They spent a 2022 second-round pick on Kyler Gordon. Gordon has 428 slot snaps, 186, slots, uh, 186 snaps at corner, 96 box snaps, and 12 on the line. I love that those box snaps and, and DL snaps. Mm, that is the exact delicious. type of usage we see from guys like Legarius Sneed, Kenny Moore. Um, he has recorded at least six tackles in six of his 12 games this year, and he, has and he has proven to have a knack for making plays. He has two picks, four tackles for loss, one uh, forced fumble, and one fumble recovery. He is averaging 10 points per game and five tackles per game this year. He should be lined up with Stefan Diggs a, a decent amount. Stefan Diggs is playing 34% of his snaps in the slot this year, so I would expect Gordon to receive a decent amount of targets. Um, either way, the Bills have allowed the third most fantasy points to cornerbacks this year, so love this matchup for Gordon. Uh, he, he's been a great pick for them, too. It's nice to see him on the field and, and producing for him. Yeah, one of those building blocks for the team. Sig, I wanted to ask you, we've yeah. talked a lot about this this season. A lot of us play in leagues that are CB required. And yeah, Gordon's a great, great start there. But in DB leagues, how have you approached starting cornerbacks versus safeties in a league like Sleeper where it just has the DB designation? You almost always want to go with, with safeties uh, just because of the tackle opportunity. There are some players that have multi-use uh, eligibility, like uh, Marcus Jones is an interesting guy coming on now, especially if you get return yards. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was a hack. That was a, a cheat code for leagues where you start a cornerback. He's basically a deep safety that you could start at cornerback because of position designation. Uh, that, that being said, there are those cornerback matchups earlier this year when teams start, weren't throwing away from Tariq Woolen yet. 
you know, um, even Traverius Ward would be a good one. Like, is there a, a cornerback who I might start this week? Traverius Ward absolutely would be one I would consider, especially depending on your interception and pass defended scoring and things like that. Uh, but safeties are going to be in the mix a lot more often. And that's why you need to break out cornerback. You got It's not a real IDP league unless you have to start at least one defensive tackle and two cornerbacks because that's what you have to do in a regular defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we like to say, Eddie. We like those leagues that mirror actual NFL defenses. So that's why we play in CB-required leagues. I've had Kyler Gordon on my main squad all year. He's been a fantastic. There are very few, like, plug-and-play options, but he's pretty darn close. Yeah. Yeah, and again, if you're looking for what cornerbacks to target when you have those defensive back leagues, it's it's the ones that play a lot of slot snaps, right? They're the guys that are closer to the line of scrimmage. Those are the guys that are going to be getting more tackles. That's why you see the Legereus Need, Teron Johnson, Kenny Moore. All those guys are, are up there in tackles among defensive backs. Yeah, I believe Legereus Need, last I checked, Bobo, was still leading all DBs in points uh, by big yeah. three scoring this he's year. He's over 100 tackles at this point. Uh, Incredible season. Maybe. See. He's, he's, he's got to be. Yeah. yeah. He'll so get there. Yeah. let's, uh, yeah, go ahead, Sig. I was just going to say, yeah, I think Jalen Ramsey was also, Sneed and Ramsey yeah. are maybe uh, the vanguard of a new role on off on defense that may have us rethinking that distinction between cornerbacks and safeties, especially when it comes to IDP. And we're also always waiting. How likely is this guy to make a play when the game puts the spotlight on him for that play, like talent and quality. So when you have an intersection like that of Snead uh, or Ramsey, where the team is trying to, almost explicitly put him in a role where he's around the ball, right? Because it used to be we had shutdown corners and almost like a chess game. If you could trade a shutdown corner for number one receiver and take those two pieces off the board, then defensive coordinators were satisfied with that, you know, like they can make adjustments on the other side of the field, bracket a receiver on the other side of the field or something like that. But now I think uh, teams might be rethinking, well, if it's one of our most outstanding players with great ball skills and instincts and understands how to re-diagnose a play at the snap based on the personnel formation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, why do we want to maroon him out by the sideline where he can't influence the play? So I think that's just something to watch as the game continues to be in motion where uh, defensive coordinators are trying to create roles so that their best players are around the ball more often. Yeah, evolution of the game, Bobo. You love to see it. And uh, wanted to cue you up here on your DB start of the week because one of our tried and true rules for IDP is availability. And last I checked, this player had been playing 100% of snaps on the season. Mm-hmm. We are going back to Seattle in a very favorable matchup. Who is your start of the week for Week 16? So this is so gross, right? You know, defensive back has been so terrible this year. If somebody had told us, before the season, we're sitting here talking about who are your top 10 DBs or safeties, whatever, going into the year. Who thought that any of us would talk about Kyler Gordon, Jaron Curse, maybe Hufunga if you're, you know, feeling spicy, or Quandre Diggs for the Seattle Seahawks um, playing the Kansas City Chiefs this week. Mainly my rationale here is the Kansas City Chiefs. I know Ryan Neal was questionable going into last week. I don't exactly know how many snaps that Neal played. I haven't looked that up. I think he had a couple tackles, but um, Diggs had a pretty decent game. Um, But like we've talked about in the episode so far, both teams are still fighting to either make the playoffs or position themselves for some type of home field advantage um, down the way. Uh, Quandre Diggs is coming off of a seven tackle and one pass defense game, um, which while that's not super fantastic, that was against the Brock Purdy-led 49ers. And uh, no disrespect to you Purdy lovers out there, but he is not Patrick Mahomes. Um, Honestly, what this boils down to, I like the volume. Um, The Kansas City Chiefs are kind of... They're playing okay ball, but you know, at Houston that was probably a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a scare for them this last weekend. So I expect a better game. I expect more volume out of Patrick Mahomes this week. And um, honestly, if you have any defensive backs there in uh, Seattle that you feel like starting Tariq Woolen, Ryan Neal, um, uh, Quandre Diggs, I'd start them all because that has been a good recipe uh, throughout the season. Yeah. Kansas City, a nice matchup to target. Adding Quandre Diggs, maybe not a name that we are thinking about, but that just shows the power of some of these matchups that we like to target. So uh, there we go. Quandre Diggs, Kyler Gordon, J. Ron Curse, and Talanoa Hufanga. I did want to say, Josh, that Legereus Sneed has 87 tackles on the year, so he will have a 100-tackle season. He'll hit 100. You'd love to see it. He has been amazing this season. Sig, you 
dropped the spoiler yeah. a little well, earlier, but uh, well, we can discuss it now in full. Your linebacker pick for week 16, Rashawn Evans. Speak on it, my friend. Yeah, this one is pretty simple. How many guys, what would be a good over-under for rush attempts for the Ravens this weekend? Oh, 38. I was going to say 40, yeah. 35 plus. 60, all yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah. All of them. Yeah, that's Rashawn Evans' music. I mean, that's what he's an old school thumper, and he's going to be on the field. This is the kind of game script. And the other thing is, we're going to watch the weather. Everyone stay warm this weekend. Mm -hmm. Do what we can to help the people out there who might not have a place to get out of the cold this weekend because it's going to be rough. And uh, the winds, more than the temperatures, the winds. As of right now, Chicago and Cleveland, you got New Orleans and Cleveland. If we knew who the linebacker wants to start for Cleveland, maybe we could do something with that, right? Uh, my point is that these games are forecast right now with like 25, 30 mile an hour wind. You just can't pass in that kind of weather. You just can't. So Baltimore wants to run the ball that many times anyway. Uh, their weather might not be as bad, but we're watching that weather system. The winds may affect. So just putting this out there for folks. Um, Cincinnati and New England and Foxborough, Atlanta and Baltimore, Houston and Tennessee, Nashville could be affected by these wins uh and there's one other one i'm forgetting oh pittsburgh vegas and pittsburgh the 50th anniversary of the immaculate reception so those are the games that we have to watch the forecast but there could be prohibitive wins for the passing games there baltimore doesn't care anyway they don't want to pass and uh buffalo chicago so that'll be interesting with kyler gordon although the short range passing the slot corner the player closer to the line scrimmage who you want anyway so buffalo chicago new orleans cleveland those games look like you can really i'm sure there's games folks remember from cleveland like there was the game that antonio gates i think had an 80 yard touchdown but otherwise there was no offense through the air that one had some snow on the ground so you can look ahead to these game scripts and you want your run stuffers and the scoring system matters too you know big play leagues versus tackle heavy leagues and scoring but it wouldn't be surprising at all to see some of these linebackers in, in these games that are going to be run heavy rack up 15 total tackles 10 solos and just it's just as simple as forecasting the game script and seeing who's going to be in the middle of the action because of it yeah addy rashawn evans has been one of those unsexy picks for your idp lineups each and every week and ravens coming to town gonna be uh like six said a cold weather game um what's not to like i think we could see rashawn evans with about um over under 58 tackle opportunities in this game <laughs> yeah i think so i mean if you're looking at you know since week eight Rashawn Evans is averaging 17.1 points per game. That is fifth best among linebackers. So you need to shift the way you're thinking. Rashawn Evans is a top five option now. Even if you're, if you're, if you're choosing between Rashawn Evans versus Devin White, give me Rashawn Evans at yeah. this point. Um, Devin White's been kind of meh. He's been like an LB2 the past month pretty much. So same thing with like Josie Jewell, uh, Dre Greenlaw. Like those guys are must starts now. Like, Th those are top five options. Yeah, yeah. We we say starts your studs, but like these we are said, your new studs. Yeah, you have studs to change. You yeah. have to shift. That's a good uh, philosophy for like week one, right? You don't want to get too cute, too smart. Right. We have no information to go off of. Well, now we have fifteen weeks of information, yeah. so mm -hmm. we need to shift how we think about these guys. Even though Josie Jewell and uh, Rashawn Evans might not have been the sexy names to start the season, they sure are sexy now. And I'll bring up uh, another sexy name here. My linebacker start of the week, Willie Gay Jr. versus Seattle. We're going back mm. to the well with that matchup. Linebacker has been pretty chalky for the most part. There have been a lot of studs, full-time linebackers that have balled out as expected. We've mentioned a couple of the guys, the Zaire Franklins, the Josie Jewels, the Jack Sanborns of the world that have popped and earned their way into your lineups. Uh, you're going to start those studs, those guys playing well recently. So I wanted to dig into a group of part-time linebackers who don't need 85% of snaps to be productive and earn a spot in our lineups, which brings us to Willie Gay Jr. Since returning from his suspension, he's been a big play waiting to happen. 73% of snaps, two sacks, one fumble recovery, and a pick six since week 10, 17.63 points per game in that span. Playing the Seattle Seahawks, they allow the most points per game to opposing linebackers. The Seahawks, they're going to be scrapping to get into the playoffs. We talked about teams with something to play for. The Seattle Seahawks are at the very top of that list. The Chiefs are also fighting for that number one seed. 
So in the best possible fantasy matchup for opposing linebackers in a game that should produce a lot of offensive fireworks and maybe some defensive ones as well, I am riding with Big Play Gay Jr. Addy Willie Gay is my start of the week. It's a new nickname. I like I was I was <laughs> kind of workshopping it in the mirror all week, and I thought, yeah, let's bust yeah. it out. Why not? It's I think, week 16, I think you're about to go viral, bro. <laughs> so that's what we're hoping yeah. for. That's the only goal, Sig. Yeah, Willie Gay's been amazing <laughs> yeah. this year, right? It's, I mean, you love to see you love to see them using two linebackers. Yes, and, uh, and us Scheme, being able to use two linebackers. Scheme busters. We talked Scheme about busters. it in the offseason. Nick Bolton, Willie Gay have officially broken the curse of the Chiefs linebackers, Sig, and uh, yeah. it's been fun to see. I think. Kind of the larger point I want to make here is there is this group of part-time linebackers that we can dip into as reliable starters here in the semifinals of the fantasy football season. Yeah, and Willie Gay, like you said, the big play, Gay Jr., winning a big play winning happened a la Hafonga. And I'm remembering right now that Rams game, was it Rams? Chiefs in Mexico City. Yes. The 54-51 game. Samson Ecubon, yep. I remember in that game. The point is, you tell me, and it's going to be really cold in Kansas City. Really, really cold. I don't think that's going to necessarily matter mm-hmm. uh, in terms of how the game is played. There's not a lot of wind forecast for that one. But uh, it's going to get loose. I think this is a game you could easily forecast to get loose much like the 34 28 game that kansas city and denver played a few weeks back when willie gay had one of the best pick sixes you'll ever see one of the most athletic plays not just athleticism coordination uh just it was one of those plays and i remember when the chiefs took willie gay and there's a role in steve spagnuolo's defense for a player like willie gay who can blitz, who can drop back into coverage, who can be, similarly, how we were describing Hafonga, a wild card in the defense that makes that game-changing play. So it's definitely a high-ceiling play. And I think you're right that this is a situation where we look at snap count and things like that. That gets us a little bit off the trail whenever we're looking for players that can make big plays or otherwise players that are in position to make big plays by virtue of the role. So that's one of the things I love about Willie Gay is his role and his strengths as a player are married perfectly. Yeah, great matchup, great role. Fun player, that one-handed interception, the pick six of Russell Wilson. One of my favorite plays of the season. I just so happened to have the TV on when that happened, so that was fun to watch. Addy, let's tee you up here on your start of the week, a player we should absolutely not forget about. Dre Greenlaw versus Washington. Very good very good joke right there. I've got the dad jokes and the puns are in full swing here yeah. as we approach the holidays. You are out of control. You locked absolutely. in. <laughs> Need to be reined in. All right, so Dre Greenlaw, he is on an absolute tear right now. He's averaging 21 points per game over his last five. That is number one among all linebackers over that stretch. He has scored double-digit fancy points in nine of his 13 games this year. His 86.1 PFF grade is second best among all linebackers. And his average depth of tackle is fourth best among all linebackers. So I guess we got to have a conversation. Does San Francisco have the best linebacking uh, linebacking duo in the league? I think yes uh, at this point. But also Washington ranks fourth in offensive plays per game and eighth in rushing attempts per game. They have given up the third most fancy points to opposing linebackers this season. So. Yum, 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 yum. Yeah, it's another example, Sig, of a a situation where the number two linebacker on the team can actually be – you know, a better option for us than the the main option. And Dre Greenlaw, even though he hasn't played the amount of snaps that Fred Warner has, is right. just been perfectly put in this position to rack up fantasy points for IDP managers. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's the weak side linebacker, right? Uh, and, you know, he's just given him more freedom to make plays. See ball, find ball, seek and destroy. Uh, so, yeah, he's been playing outstanding for. He got a garbage time touchdown, too, right, mm-hmm. against uh, Miami. Uh, so, yeah, he's just a, he's just been in the middle of the action. I know these are the kinds of things that analytics and so on uh, kind of sneer at, but there is such a thing as a nose for the ball or instincts. Did you guys see, by the way, speaking of pick sixes, did you see Kyle Duggar's pick six last Incredible, week? yes. Oh, my. It reminded me of Troy Polamalu. And you know, as a Pittsburgh guy, if I'm saying Troy Polamalu, like I've got to cross myself. Just That's like Troy high praise. Be, right before every play where I think they're just players that the game speaks to them. 
right? I mean, they have visual information and their players also, they're great students of the game. So it's a combination of the game speaks to them and it's studying formation and personnel sets, even understanding little things that the, an offensive lineman or a quarterback, you know, there's things that they figured out, like if the line, if the running back puts his hands on his knees in the backfield, it's going to be a pass, but if he doesn't, it's going to be a run. And there's smart players. You saw Kyle Duggar, he knew something uh, uh, was up going into that play. I think Trey Greenlaw, I think San Francisco's defense, they're all just feeding off of each mm-hmm. other right now. And that, that chaos that they create and swooping in and, and being the beneficiary. So yeah, that's really fun to watch. And uh, Drake Greenlaw has just been a slam dunk lately. I mean, he's surging in dynasty ranks now. Absolutely. Because he's also secured there, you know, two years, I think they gave him, what, $30 million, something like that. Either way, I mean, he's, you should feel pretty confident about Greenlaw for another three seasons. It's Absolutely. approaching yeah. that Dre or Fred in dynasty type consideration. Oh, it's a discussion. Yeah. I mean, Dre well, is 25 and and Fred's 26. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, yeah. Who do you want? And it can be, and guys, it can be just as simple as like, do their roles, are their roles fantasy friendly or not? Because I think if, yeah. if they switched roles, yeah. then Warner would be the one picking up the numbers. But, you know, Warner's more the quarterback of the defense. Warner's better in coverage. So he just has a role that takes him away from the ball a little more often, or he has to more on his mind than Greenlaw. Greenlaw's just like, oh, we were talking about Willie Gay. He's just set up perfectly it to, to perform in a way that translates to the numbers we care about. It's exactly that, Sig. I mean, it's eerily similar to Bolton and Willie Gay in Kansas City. Yep. Yeah. Um, and think about this, too. We mentioned the role being profitable for Dre Greenlaw. Well, we saw that with Aziz Alshair in yeah, Dre Greenlaw's yeah, absence. Yeah. IDP yeah. MVP for a lot of our folks when we had that episode last year. So it's just a very profitable role. And, Babo, Addy brought up, is this the best linebacking duo in the NFL, I think for real NFL purposes, it is. Mm. But for fantasy purposes, there's another team with a dynamic duo, and you are pulling from that group for your LB start of the week. Who do you want to talk about? I want to talk about Patrick Queen versus the Atlanta Falcons this week in Baltimore. Um, you know, we all get it. You would probably much rather us talk about Nick Bolton, Roquan Smith, Fred Warner. Um, But I truly, really like the upside that Queen provides for us from here on out. Um, Sig can attest to this. I don't know where we're at in the Lamar timeline, but what's looking to be a Lamar-less-led team this next weekend um, that's really scratching for a win. I know they're 9-5 right now, but still they're kind of backsliding just a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. The Ravens are finding themselves looking at um, the defense to uh, provide them some numbers. And uh, what does that mean? means that... The Desmond Ritter-led Falcons oh. that threw the ball 26 <laughs> yeah. times to their not, 39 rushes. Um, Queen should have somewhat of a safe tackle floor, I would believe, this next weekend. Um, Roquan should also, we should note, um, while also being employed to rush the passer a lot. Um, Queen did have a half of a sack last week as well. So just like Sig has talked about, Baltimore is probably going to be frigid. Desmond Ritter is probably not going to be asked to throw the ball a ton this next week, I wouldn't think. Uh, Tyler Algier had 150 yards, I believe. That's a pretty good game for him. Um, But what's going to be a cold game, what they're going to rush the ball probably 40 times, I think Patrick Queen is going to be the recipient to maybe a double-digit tackle game and also could have a big play exactly like Dre Greenlaw and Willie Gay could possibly have this weekend as well. Yeah, Sig, it's funny. As we go through these picks here, I'm seeing a lot of the same games coming back and being recycled here, which shows that matchup, it may be a little bit tougher to anticipate on the IDP side of things, but are there certain factors or qualifications uh, beyond what we've mentioned already that you are looking for when it comes to IDP matchups? Injuries, I think that's something we can also get better at. Uh, understanding injuries on the offensive line, understanding um, injuries that may change a player's role on defense. Uh, and sometimes that's a negative, right? I mean, so that's the thing. It, while y'all were talking about Patrick Queen, it just made me think about how when Roquan Smith got traded to Baltimore, there was some uh, narrative out there. This is going to be bad for Patrick Queen, mm-hmm. right? He's, he's got Now he's got better competition for tackles. But it didn't turn out that way. So understanding the interrelated way of these roles, depending on each other, and then understanding how injuries can affect that. You know, how does Quinnen Williams being in or out affect the Jets defense and so on? These are a little more subtle things to be able to predict 
what the effect is going to be, but they are things that affect a matchup on both sides that in hindsight, guys, it's always in hindsight, right? It's always in hindsight. We're like, oh yeah, of course, that makes sense now that even though we thought because the other linebacker was out that he was going to get a lot more tackle opportunities, actually because the other linebacker was out, he was in coverage more and he, he, was, he, he wasn't able or, you know, because a linebacker's out, then a lot more tackles end up at the third level with the safety and so on. So I think these are just, if you're looking for that little bit of an edge, understanding how injuries on both sides of the ball are affecting matchups can lead to that lead you on that golden thread of truth that you're looking for and exactly like we're talking about scheme busters i feel like especially this year we've transitioned from maybe the last couple years a lot of these teams running out a lot of one linebacker mm-hmm. sets we are rich right now with really good second linebackers it's in true. a lot of spots not to mention you know devondre campbell looked really good in green bay without quay walker and then quay walker was introduced to the defense and now quay walker is a really great linebacker for dynasty idp look at ernest jones Look at Devin White and Levante David. Voice to Luakun. We could talk for Devin Lloyd slash Chad Muma. I exactly. mean, we are we are at a rich right now in LB two options. Cody Barton season has been reinstated. Alex Singleton's hanging around as well. I mean, hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. We've got <laughs> yeah. some good options. We haven't lost a lot of good linebackers. We got back Pete Warner. How does that affect Caden uh, Ellis? We'll see. Uh, but yeah, the linebacker. We are rich with options right now, which is amazing to have so there you go there are four starts that we Tony feel- Fields Deion Jones yeah, exactly we don't know uh who knows where what's going on in Cleveland consult the magic eight ball yes yes just uh roll the dice while you're at it um but we wanted to pay homage to the audible of course Sig you all have your what the heck flex picks mm-hmm. the ever popular ever famous what the heck flex so we are going to do the same this is probably for me one of the hardest things to figure out every week because you have the full cupboard available to you and you have to figure out who are you going to plug in. So we'll tee you up first here. Your yeah. what the heck flex pick for week 16. Who do you got? Yeah, wasn't it? Was it an old Looney Tunes where there was a character like Hassan Chop? Right. Am I remembering <laughs> yes. that correctly? I think you are. Yeah. Uh, and Hassan Reddick, who's really coming on. Uh, and I could have picked Josh Sweat here. Uh, don't you just get the feeling, guys, with Philadelphia, probably it's Gardner Minshew, which is awesome, by the way. Awesome. Makes me want to say Mike Leach, rest in peace. Uh, that's a whole other thing. Uh, but uh, that you're thinking, oh, Dallas is going to, you know, they, they can tighten this up, maybe still mathematically alive. And it's going to be the Philly defense. It's going to be the Philly pass rush. Uh, I, I Reddick is one of those players who can really turn a game, and I, I just he's a hot now. We've seen him go on streaks like this before, guys, where for two, three, four games, he's just constantly in the backfield or in the middle of one right now. It's true, Addy. We are absolutely witnessing a heater from Hassan Reddick, and this I, we'll, well, I'll touch on it when I mention my pick here, but I love swinging for upside in my flex spot. Um, and Hassan Reddick is one of those great dice rolls to plug in right now. And it's just like, who do you focus on on that defensive line? I mean, yes. there's just so much talent. I mean, we know about the middle, but yeah, I mean, now you got Josh Sweat breaking out, Hassan Reddick on, on the other side of him, and then, yeah. Brandon Graham putting up 40 Javon burgers. Hargrave. Yeah, Hargrave. Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn, right. <laughs> is yeah. he going to be back, He'll be back, back for the playoffs? The playoffs. He'll be yeah. back for the playoffs. <laughs> that hasn't yeah. worked out, though. No, no, no. But well, maybe, you never know. I, th- I could see him having an impact. Did you say Jordan Davis? Jordan Davis is Rass yep. man. Yeah, the Rass. Well, then scorer. you got Milton Williams too, who's also a yeah. force. Oh, yeah. I like him a lot. Yeah. How do the Steelers ever let Javon Hargrave get away too? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. He's been a monster this year. Uh, has been for two years. He's been a great D tackle option for a couple years now. Uh, so I'll keep us rolling here. My what the heck flex pick. I mentioned it a little earlier that I like to swing for upside when it comes to those flex spots. We're in big play leagues, so we I do like to look at the matchups where my IDPs can get a sack. TFL, they can be in the backfield disrupting things. Sig already mentioned this a yeah. little earlier that Deshaun Williams is going to get the best Christmas present of all with the Los Angeles Rams and Baker Mayfield. So I am going with my what the heck flex Baron Browning versus those same Los Angeles Rams. Uh, he has had 
He got banged up a little bit this season, but he's already put up two 30-point games against bad offensive lines. Uh, But since week 11, uh, he has 67% of snaps, 6.19 points per game. So the snaps are there since he has returned from injury. We're just not seeing the production the last five weeks, but we talked about it. It's the best possible matchup against the Rams. They give up the second most points per game to opposing defensive ends. And it's easy to see why pass blocking grade from PFF ranks 29th in the league. They allow a 21% sack conversion rate, which is the worst in the NFL. And Baron Browning, with those snaps, he is putting pressure on the quarterback. 14.6 pressure rate. Again, the average, 9.2. So Baron Browning, well above average on the pressures. He's getting the playing time. He gets a great matchup against the Rams. So, Addy, I think Baron Browning could be in for maybe one sack, some TFLs against this Rams team. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And this is good news for for Dynasty managers. I mean, so what that he's not producing? The pressure rates, all the PFF stats, everything looks amazing. The The fact that he's getting, you know, 67% of the snaps, you said, that, that that's great. So, yeah, this is, a, this is someone you should absolutely be trying to buy if you're in Dynasty Leagues. Yeah, great matchup for Week 16. Great dynasty buy. Uh, Addy, let's roll right into your pick here and talk about a a replacement. You know, we're getting into. We haven't lost a lot of our beloved linebackers, but potentially a nice injury replacement in Chicago. Who do you got for your what-the-heck flex? Yeah, this is only if Jack Sanborn ends up missing this week. Um, and if he does, Joe Thomas should be the guy that benefits. He gets Buffalo this week. So after Sam Sanborn exited in week 15, Joe Thomas, the journeyman linebacker racked up six tackles and a sack on just 43 snaps. We've seen this over and over and over again this year. It doesn't matter who the linebacker is. They're going to produce. I expect the same for Thomas. If Sanborn misses time, um, if Sanborn goes, I'll give you another one. Alex Singleton, He's been amazing this year. 124 tackles on just 64% of the defensive snaps. That is nuts. That is nuts. Here are his last three weeks, though, as far as snap percentages go. 88%, 87%, 74%. So when you have a 20-plus percent tackle rate, you don't have to play 100% of the snaps. Uh, If Alex plays 70% of the snaps, I think he's a top 15 option. There you go. Sig, I wanted to ask you here, as we get you know into these playoff yeah. rounds, and this is what we've worked all season for, the pressure ratchets up, and mm-hmm. we see these profitable roles like what we have with Jack Sanborn. Are you more apt to chase right. a role like that or maybe go after a player who is not coming in that we, you know, we know more about the player who's already you know, playing, who started all season, or will you chase mm-hmm. those injury replacements for uh, really, really profitable roles? I think you have to, right? So uh, Jack Sanborn, we like, we like his potential to have lasting value, but in this case, it seems like the role, the production can travel with the role as long as the player is confident. And then when you add in specifically this week with the likelihood of the high winds in Chicago and Buffalo not really being able to throw downfield, then absolutely. Uh, and it's an, something, I mean, it can be troubling, right? When we, I, I'm speaking more for myself, but I want to, I know, I hope I'm not the only one that in a perfect world, talent, ability, acumen would translate to fantasy value, but that's just not the world we live in. And that's why we, devote so much time to analysis and talk about it and make these shows and write these articles and do these projections so absolutely in this case this this is one where you you go ahead and put your chip on the roll and guys that's why i've talked about this in previous shows uh i've won idp championships with defenses made up of a lot of waiver wire players from within a week or two of the championship so i think that really again speaks to the importance of role and how we can correlate it with bad teams that don't have a lot to play for that their defense is going to be on the field a lot yeah, Bobo, we've talked about a lot of different archetypes of players. Sometimes it's the injury fill-in yeah. for the profitable role. Sometimes it's the you know uh, second linebacker on the team that is actually in the more conducive role for fantasy success. And sometimes it's a player that is coming on as of late, which leads us to your pick from the Detroit Lions. Who you got? Yeah, exactly like Sig said, 
if you can get to your sleeper app or MFL or whatever, go check and see if Romeo Aquara is available. Um, he's just now coming off of IR. I talked about him on the podcast with Joey the Tooth last week. Um, but to me, at Carolina this week, he's a great what-the-heck flex. Um, Aquara has the talent, even though last week the snaps were a little bit limited at 24. Um, but in those 24 snaps, he had two sacks and two tackles. Um, and these are all three things that I, um, you know, kind of like earlier with Josh Allen, we're talking about um, play your studs, play matchups that you like, and start players on teams fighting for a chance to dance. Um, that is pretty much the epitome of the Detroit Lions right now, the Dan Campbell-led Detroit Lions. But I will also say, I'm going to give you a little, this is something I thought about on the way here that I kind of wanted to mention also. If you're a super, if you're a huge underdog, your defensive backs are terrible, the guy ahead of you has Justin Jefferson and not Jonathan Taylor, whoever. you got a bunch of great players, yeah. and you're rolling out Kenny Gainwell and uh, Romeo Dobbs. Look to see if your league actually has return yards um, being scored because you could start Dallas Flowers, Keyson Nixon, and let's bring this thing all the way around to a guy that Sig mentioned way back when in Marcus Jones. These guys are averaging anywhere between 20 to 30 points a game, pretty much just based off of kick and punt returns. They might play a couple defensive snaps, but if you can get those in your league, and if you're an underdog, those are the type of guys that I'm looking to uh, to unseed the, uh, the bigger seeded ones and two seeds this week. Absolutely. Sometimes you got to pull out a Hail Mary if you want to take down the big dog, Sig. Uh, this... Bobby's pick here is indicative of something that when you're trying to sort and find the signal through the noise, one of the things I like to do, and we talk about it on this show, is listening to kind of the normie NFL analysis podcast. Anytime they mention a defensive player, it makes my ears perk up. It makes me think, is this guy, you know, is he primed for takeoff here with IDP production? And Romeo Aquara was a dude who got a lot of, of love on last week's analysis all the podcasts I listened to talking this guy up lions are surging it seems like a good confluence of factors to make Aquar a what the heck flex yeah and if the lions offense can do what it's been doing which is being very efficient remember they got stopped on four straight runs at the inside the five on the first drive last week or they would have gotten off to a better lead uh Jared Goff underthrew Jamison Williams was wide open for a deep ball or you know they could have actually made that a more lopsided game but uh this game against Carolina this week Sam Darnold again in your mind's eye how often have you seen Sam Darnold be the guy who's the deer in the headlights right if the game script put Sam Darnold in the crosshairs the Lions are going to get home and the other thing that we got to mention is remember the Lions defense from a fantasy perspective earlier this season you were targeting them you were playing your running backs against them you were playing your wide receivers your quarterbacks against them no longer this defense has come together and Aaron Glenn who is he may not be the defensive coordinator for much longer he may be a head coach somewhere next year uh, these players are really coming together and I think that this is also a fun I just wanted to do a little PSA here like for me because you know the Steelers I guess they're trying to keep Mike Tomlin from having a losing season or something but come on the Lions are a really fun story this year and the Lions are a team that I think I don't want to impugn anybody but I think if you're a fan of football you're a fan of this team right if you're a fan of football you're a fan of Dan Campbell and also just for these long can I just take a moment out also to say one of the things I thought that was really um, this year signified Lions Bears Jets right all these teams these teams that have been suffering for so long with their teams, even the Jags now. And I know the Jags were just a play away from the Super Bowl like only about five years ago. It wasn't that long ago. Uh, but I see people that are that keep their faith in their team and stay emotionally vulnerable. I mean, the funny thing about Lions fans, guys, have you ever met any Lions fans? No, because you only meet former Lions fans. You, you meet people who say, well, it's I true. was a Lions fan for a really long time. So uh, I like to see the Lions come in build a lead in this game. Carolina's still only a game out of first. So believe it or not, Carolina's still got a chance for the dance too. But I think that counting on this Detroit team to really click on both sides of the ball. And also this isn't going to be a weather game. This isn't going to be a game with wind. So that's another thing I think, hey, the, the Carolina might not be able to go into a shell in this one that would set up Oquara, Aiden Hutchinson for some big opportunities. 
Yeah, Addy. We like when the playoffs roll around for the NFL. You like to see fun teams get in. Yeah. And who's more fun than the Detroit Lions right now? Um, and who are all these guys? James Houston, John yes. Kaminsky. Oh, I know. <laughs> James Houston's everywhere. Every time you look up, he's getting a sack. It's true. The corners are playing well. Yep. Who's that fun corner? Jerry that we're Jacobs. Talking about? Jerry Jacobs. Yes. Kirby Joseph. It's a fun, fun team. It's a fun, weird team. Who are any of these guys? Yeah, it's a team of cast-offs and misfits led by, like, the guy who'd probably be the betting favorite in the NFL Hunger Games amongst head coaches. <laughs> We'd know he'd at least take off a couple kneecaps yeah. before they took him out. But I'm rooting for the Lions to get in because, uh, and this is a little, a little plug, a little PSA we'll, we'll say here, uh, playoff NFL playoff fantasy football is so much yes. fun. So I know you guys do some stuff over at Football Guys. Encourage folks to check that yeah. out. Uh, we'll be talking about best IDP you know, options for the playoff teams that make it in. And, Addy, there could be some fun options from this Lions team uh, if they make it in on both sides of the ball. Sig's the big reason why we do it. I think Sig's the big reason why we do the IDP content for it. Sig does handles all the uh, offensive side for playoff fantasy, and then I've been doing the IDP stuff yeah. for our site. Speak to it, Sig. The uh, playoff, the playoff challenge yeah. you guys do. I think it's a long running thing that you guys have done. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, there's the so there's the um, I think we do a football guys version. I know there's FFPC playoff challenge, and then there's just good old playoff fantasy football. And just really quick, because this is old school guys, we're getting back to stuff that you can just still to this day score with just paper and pencil, right? So people use that stuff anymore. Um, but playoff fantasy football is a blast, and I'll just actually do a plug here because I do rankings for playoff fantasy drafts. I also do my perfect uh, FFPC F. Uh, PC playoff challenge entry. And uh, that's one where you pick a player. Basically uh, the challenge is you pick one player from uh, all teams, but I guess not with 14 teams, like all teams, but four. So you can pick, you can only pick one player per team. And there's some teams that you don't pick players from and you make a lineup out of them. And it's just however many points you score throughout the playoffs. So in both versions, the idea is it's not just the player you're waiting. It's player times number of games you expect that player to play. So really you're looking, you're also prognosticating how far teams are going to make it into the playoffs. And you can get into some fun stuff where you have, oh, these two teams are playing in the first round. So I know I'll advance someone at this position to the second round and stuff like that. Um, but I, I will bring this up that if this is something new to you, uh, what's great about these playoff fantasy leagues, you can do it with six people. Okay, so you only need five other people that are interested. You can do a good old during the week. I remember from the days I used to work in an office, guys, is like Monday or uh, before the playoffs start, you start the draft through email or whatever, and then you can do a nice slow draft. And by the time the playoff games start that weekend, everyone's got their teams together. And I will do the actual plug here and say, football guys has changed over to a, a you get a subscription for a year. Okay, so if you are interested in this, because I also give the details on how to set up a league, like what the rules are and things like that, um, you you will be subscribed for 365 days. So if you sign up now, you're going to get all the off season, all the preseason next year, all the player draft, and just about everything through the regular season next year. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It takes me back to the roots of fantasy football, but it's not just about the players. It's about predicting who wins the Super Bowl, and it, it's really fun to see how the points pile up and see what kind of outs you have. And uh, it, it's absolutely something for when the season's over and you feel like you're wanting more, and not just DFS, not just that quick burn of DFS, because much like typical fantasy fantasy football you do your draft you have all your assumptions you make all these decisions forks in the road and then it takes a little while there's a little bit of suspense is what we enjoy yeah Eddie, this uh he mentioned doing the scoring with pencil and paper we were essentially doing that for yeah. about the first uh seven or eight years of our long-running playoff yep. league sig was a big reason why i was whipping all yeah. y'all's asses too <laughs> this is true it is true Eddie. i think won it probably half the years that we had it but we recently moved over to uh fan tracks if you are looking for a platform that will actually support playoff fantasy with idp fan tracks we switched over last year and it went surprisingly well but we also have a draft template if you'd like to do it we have a google spreadsheet we would be happy to share with you all if you want the uh, kind of roster construction and how you put those teams together so check it out just because the fantasy 
football regular season and playoffs are over uh, doesn't mean that the uh, fantasy experience has to stop. So check it out. We'll be doing some content. I know SIG and football guys will as well. So SIG, we always like to queue you up here at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantasy semifinals. The floor is yours, good sir. What advice would you have for IDP managers out there? Oh, um, set your lineups and then go hang out with your families or the people you love and check back in and see the box scores after maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's great too. If you have family that loves to watch football and things like that, I'm not trying to disparage football, but I, I do think that, I mean, r- really guys, what I want to talk about since this is the last time I'm going to get to join you all this year, but I know we've got, there's more in the future. I'm sure I want, I, I want to virtually be in the shed as, as often as possible. Um, um, that it is, it is just a joy uh, to do, I do a lot of shows with a lot of people, guys, and y'all, your your camaraderie, your your enthusiasm, your professionalism, and uh, just the uh, the way that you you show not just the love of football and fantasy football, but getting to do the show with each other and getting to be part of a team that y'all have created something really great that I think stands for the best of uh, not just our community, but especially the quote unquote content creators in our community. And it's to me, it's a very high compliment that y'all would want me or think it's uh, something to look forward to to have me on the show because I know I look forward to being in the shed with y'all. Well, uh, I think that's the best Christmas present I'm going to get all year, Addy. That's yeah, uh, Sig's uh, about to get a little me, dusty in here. I was going <laughs> to yeah. say, is there some dust in the shed? Sig, that's incredibly kind. Thank yeah. you. This was something that um, you know we we put together in the off season, and when we thought about you know folks that we wanted to collab with, you were at the top of the list. So thank you kindly, sir, from the bottom of our hearts for doing this show with us. Uh, these four episodes uh, have been a blast, Bubbo. I know. Um, I have looked forward to these episodes each time we've gotten together. Yeah, I'm not crying. You're, you're crying. Uh, we're all crying. It's all it's okay. We're dads. Our emotions are shot. It's totally yeah. fine. Uh, so, yeah, I like that advice. Set your lineups. Go have fun. Uh, don't be compulsively checking your phone on uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Try to enjoy the holidays. And hopefully with some of these picks that we rolled out here, these 16 players uh, will help you guys get into the championship round. Uh, but make sure you're following the Audible the podcast that Sig does with Cecil Lammy, fantastic. Obviously, a lot of great other shows in that feed as well. Check out the YouTube channel. Sig, you guys are pumping out some great yeah. content over there. Uh, so make sure you're checking out all those podcasts. We will be back next Thursday, December 29th, doing a championship preview with John Macri. So be sure to check us out as well, The IDP Show theidpshow.com and we're over on YouTube as well as Sig mentioned this may be the end of this particular collab but it's not the end of the road uh, we will have you back in the virtual so check anytime that you would like to join us Sig and maybe just maybe Deal. in 2023 yeah. we can get you in the actual so check here in Bowling Green Kentucky yeah that's I, I we got life goals and uh, it, it's it's beautiful and uh, I, I appreciate that and hopefully yeah you go you have some fun you overeat, you overindulge, and you go back and you check and you see what presents are under your fantasy Christmas tree. But by the end of it, you think, oh, well, whether I won or lost, still a winner because of the great people you have in your life. That's right, Addy. So, hey, we got to have you come back for the uh, Bloom 100. That's, that's for sure. right. Mm-hmm. Ooh, the countdown. That's a must. Yeah. The countdown is on. Yeah. Especially once the uh, calendar turns over to 2023, a lot of those dynasty leagues going to be thinking about the rookie draft. So, you know, we will have you back on, good yes. sir, to talk about the Bloom 100. But until then, good luck this week, y'all. We hope to see you back here next week for championship weekend with something to play for. But either way, Good luck this weekend. Make sure to check out the Audible, check out Football Guys and the IDP show. And until next week, Merry Christmas. See y'all soon. When I go home, everything's at risk. Welcome to something new. It's the IDP